Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Welcome to a Rage and Cage episode of Hot Takes. I'm your large mess with me as always, his brother Bishki. Dream baby, dream. We got brother Lucas in the back. Dream machine and lean. And returning champion. It's been far too long. We got brother Andrew. Greetings and salutations. We're in the Red Dragon tonight and we just saw Dream Scenario starring Nicolas Cage. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, did anybody anybody know anything about this going in? The tra- Just the trailer. The trailer, yeah, which reveals quite a bit, but yeah. I actually didn't even know the trailer. I heard a description of the cast and the title on the radio. Whoa, the actual radio? On the radio, and I thought to myself, well, that sounds like something I'd like to see. <laughs> That's great. We were confronted with the trailer the other night, and I did the thing where I closed my eyes and I like kept poking my my ears, so it just sounded like so I couldn't hear anything or see anything. I should have done that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was I was uh, taken by surprise pretty much across the board. This is a movie that if you are a Lodgecast listener, diehard through and through, you need to stop this right now. Do not allow us to ruin the ooey gooey center of this film for you you need I, to watch it. i would say even if you're not a, a diehard if you enjoy the cinematic arts Oof. in even the most perfunctory way listen to that th- this is a film to experience take it seriously y'all turn it off nicholas cage is dialed in he'll be in your house and in your dreams in no time you'll be I'm able to forward see to it i've got rich dreams and i think they're going to get even richer before we dig deep into our subconscious. How do you get the protein as quick as possible into the bloodstream? A little schnapps. RottenTomatoes.com. Hapless family man Paul Matthews, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, <laughs> finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. But when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom in this wickedly entertaining comedy from writer-director Christopher Borgley, sick of myself, and producer Ari Aster, period. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't see his name in the credits. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely I saw it. And I, I didn't I know he produced it when I saw his name. That it all makes made sense. perfect sense. Yeah. But isn't that a little bit outlandish for a synopsis to say wildly entertaining? I don't like it when they editorialize personally. Yeah. I, I, it's a turnoff. It's like, mm, yeah. don't get too pushy, guys. Yeah, they're being a little presumptuous. But they may or may not be right on this one. But it's also writer, director, editor, yeah. which is a yeah. good good point to make because the editing in this is crucial. Yeah, it's on point. It's moving. It is moving, yeah. and it is 
doing a lot of the comedy. Like a lot yeah. of the comedy is just the timing of the cuts. And yeah, yeah the shots, how long they last, when they go to them, it, it, it is on point. I would describe this movie as an inverse being John Malkovich mixed with Nightmare on Elm Street directed by 1980s Woody Allen. I was totally thinking Woody <laughs> Allen too at some point. Yeah, Charlie Kaufman and Woody Allen. I mean, it, totally, it, it, Woody Allen came into my mind like Midnight in Paris. I was like, why am I thinking of Woody and Allen? And Purple right now? Rose of Cairo. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of Woody in here, but like prime Woody. You yeah. know, not yeah. like Good gone, Woody. not gone to seed. No, Woody. Annie Hall Woody. Not done Woody. Yeah. So the, the John Malkovich definitely came to my mind as well. I mean, you, you pick an actor and you put him at the center. Yep. And there's a very good conceit that you get to see play out and its various ramifications, some successful, some maybe <laughs> and there's not. E and there's even like art direction that reminds me of being John Malkovich, like when he's at the French bookstore basement. It's yes. like, yeah. this is yeah. so Malkovich. Yeah. And it's, it is just inverse. It's like, oh, everybody's getting inside Malkovich's head. Well, now Nicolas Cage is getting inside of everybody else's head. Mm, yeah, it's true. a good, great premise. Yeah. Really great premise. I also love just the the aesthetic look of it. It, it has that that holdover 16, 16 <laughs> millimeter grain. <laughs> yeah, the grain very, is very high, high contrasty there. again. And it's interesting because most dreams are surreal, but they're shot aesthetically like the real world. It's like seamless. It's right. like a very bold choice, which I thought worked great because it just added an element of realism or grittiness to, to all of it. And it added an element of actual cinematicness to it to give it a different visual feel that we know from cinema, but still actually because of our history, feels like dreams. Exactly. I'm going to bring something up that I don't necessarily think is too big of a knock considering that, you know, a lot of this rough hewn aesthetic gives it the texture that we seem to like but a shocking amount of this film is not in focus <laughs> and i think a lot of that has to do with the not really using a lot of lights you know using a lot of available lights mm -hmm. and shit gets dark sometimes and the stuff right behind the actors is in focus but not the actors themselves i don't think a lot of that was a choice but didn't I didn't bother, actually notice didn't it. Didn't bother me. Okay. I didn't notice it too much. It I, might just have been I just noticed it when like Michael Sarah is looking out at the snow in the boardroom. Well, that was on that was on purpose. But mm -hmm. I'm talking about the dinner scene where they come over and it's just the four of them. All of all of those shots at the table were out of focus. Oh yeah, that, mm. that, that, that's true. That was a bit sloppy. That one. My eyes were focused on Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is the uh, center of I mean, the movie's my universe? I mean, this is one of his movies where he's trying, which yeah. everybody relishes when Nicolas Cage decides to try. Mm -hmm. You know, it's such a hilarious situation that everybody knows that he makes like 500 movies a year and one or two, he's actually going for it. Yeah. He's actually bringing the cage sauce. And they're giving him something to work with. They're not just like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage. Let him be wacky. Like They're, they're giving they're him plenty to work yeah. with. But yeah. that, do that doesn't mean he's not going to be wacky. <laughs> I, I didn't feel it was wacky. It was such an unusual sort of character that it wasn't like, first of all, he's playing a professor. Yes. And his father was a professor. Uh, so and he's nondescript by design, so you you got to work within that scenario. Yeah, yeah, and but he's not, he's not goofy and he's not inept. I was trying to hard to figure out how to describe what his 
persona is. Well, I mean, his, he, his he's, voice, he's basically struggling. His voice is kind of goofy, especially in the early going before you you know, acclimate to the temperature of, of his hot tub. Like, <laughs> right when he comes out, the whole theater was laughing. He sounds like a more whiny Charlie Kaufman from Adaptation, like effeminate, whiny, just, it's almost insufferable. But it's also endearing, kind of, and like funny, just his delivery. Yeah. I mean, he really nailed it. I do have a theory. Um, he is an evolutionary biologist, and he brings up Robert Sapolsky, and he's reading who's a famous evolutionary biologist. He's reading why zebras get ulcers. I've listened to multiple courses by Robert Sapolsky. Ooh, you've already done wow, the research. Wow, wow. You, you this was long ago. And and he's a goofy guy with a beard, and he talks. He's just kind of he's a real charismatic lecturer, uh, but he's, he's awkward as hell. Right. And I almost feel like he's doing kind of an impression of this guy. I think maybe the director was watching some of the shit you yeah. were, and he's like, oh, let's it's expand possible. upon this. And then Sapolsky's had this kind of, like, fame arc, too, where he's gone on Joe Rogan. and Oh, like, that makes sense. Yeah, then. so it's it's all a little connected. I don't know. Right. Was there any connection content-wise between Sapolsky's studies and sort of the ultimate Mm, Sapolsky's more into the great apes, like I think, I think mostly baboons he studies. So it's it wasn't like they just shifted it. Yeah, it wasn't ants or anything like that. But, <laughs> Intelligence. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know, it, it connects with neuroscience and memes and different things like that. Get get gets put in there. Well, as I well. thought I thought you know in the beginning of the film when Nicolas Cage has lunch with like a former like colleague who he went to college with who's like writing some some paper on artificial intelligence or whatever the hell she's the hive mind she's working on and then the dream started i thought that was all going to be related or tied together i thought like whatever nicholas cage's original research was that this other person was publishing was going to tie into everything but it wasn't it was just like you know him getting you know cucked i guess like it was just (laughs) showing him you know more impotent or just more sad which made the whole like part of people dreaming about him that much more paradoxically ironic right. or whatever. It is a little bit too bad because th- there's a great narrative setup where his wife wants him to record that meeting with that woman. Right, right. And we actually don't know why. She wants to hear him say a specific thing to her, whether it's t- from her fantasy or I think she wants him to stand up for himself for once and be Uh, oh and she okay be hard charging and he's just not and he knows he's not going to please her so he does record it and then deletes it pathetically (laughs) well because of yeah the conversation that ultimately does ensue and that's some of that's like some of the great editing in this too like we're in the actual conversation and then we see him listening back to the recording in the car and back and forth and it's I liked that sound design where we see them talking and we actually hear his recording. The editing is is really exciting in this movie. And that makes total sense that the writer-director also edited it. Like, it's very in tune with everything that's going on. It's, like, perfectly in tune. So There were also some directorial choices that hit on my favorite part of Cage's oeuvre. And one (laughs) was... The woman who has the dream where he's hidden in the shadows, which reminded me of really the moment where Nicolas Cage stood out for me, which was in Portacol, New Orleans, where he's (laughs) hiding behind a door that's closed and the door opens and his reveal 
and acting as the door opens and afterwards, I was like, oh my God, this is... <laughs> This is artistry. That's when you got caged on stage, pill. and I got, I got, I got caged. That whole scene, which gets replayed a couple of times, I was like, it's recreating my sort of uh, revelatory moment. We need to talk about that. C- can scene. we summon the salad dragon? We're for summoning that, for that a scene? big fat flying salad dragon <laughs> for that scene. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. So we've seen different people's dreams throughout. It's a good conceit because you can just jump into people's dreams whenever you want and have them be as outlandish as the situation calls for. But this is the first situation where it's a dream scenario where he's actually active. All these other dreams, he's just walking by, smiling at people. And positive. And, and or positive passive. or neutral. Yeah. yeah. He's not helping if, if things are going wrong and he's not uh, participating if things are going right. He's just there. But this woman who works at this <laughs> management company who's trying to get him hooked up with doing Sprite commercials. <laughs> she obviously has had sex dreams about Mr. Cage and she's looking at him and we can tell like, oh shit, like she's really thinking about him. She aggressively invites him out for a drink. She's like, I can come to you if it's easier. And they have this drink and it becomes very clear. She explains to him the sexual scenario where he is lurking in the darkness and he emerges from the corner and she's afraid of him at first, but then he very forcefully but welcomely begins uh, some heavy petting with her, shall we say. Like <laughs> sucking on her ear <laughs> with his beard. He's so and the, gross. Uh, and she's like, you know, 20 and just like <laughs> oh loving gosh. it. She's like, it's so fucking hot and it's so good. <laughs> so she takes him back to her apartment. In the real world. In now. the real world. Yeah. That's and, the dream. Now we're in the real world. And she's like, I need to change into something else. Just give me two seconds. And he's like thinking about whether to leave because he's married and, you know, but he senses his wife is maybe starting to have a dalliance with somebody else. He doesn't know. So he's he's in the right mind space for a for a little hanky panky. And <laughs> she comes back and she makes him recreate what she saw in the dream. And he tries to speak up and like get clarification. She's like, shut, shut, shut up, shut up. Just uh, uh, he just, breaks the spell. She's like, just be quiet. Just do the, just do stand the dream there for just, for a minute. Just do the dream. Walk Stay slowly longer. towards me. And she's great. Whoever that actress she is, is, is she was perfect. Perfect at this scene. And he comes over. He sits down. She's like, touch me. And he does. And she kisses him. And then she starts going for his fly and you can tell like it it played the audience like a piano because <laughs> it was a legitimately sexy scene. If Millie were here, she'd say it was sexy and yeah, sexy certified, sexy certified. Hey, you get over here. You're sexy certified. If I may be so bold as to speak for her. And as she goes for the fly, the theater is silent, and then he just farts. 
in, like inadvertently, inadvertently he's, he's like, like like a total anxiety real, fart, real life yeah. moment. It's not an awful fart. It's no, just it, a it's functional a little, fart. It's just like a little one, staccato blast. One of those you'd hear in like a yoga class where you're just yes, like, mm, and you mm. just kind of move on. Yeah, and she's totally. She's like, she's like, it's fine, it's fine. He's like, it's it's natural, it's it's, it's, it's normal. It Explaining it in terms Biologic. of evolutionary it means, I'm, it means I'm healthy, and so she. You know, gives it a beat and then continues, <laughs> oh, continues on the fly. It, it reminded me of Rudy Giuliani or something. Yes, it was yeah. so fucking disgusting. Oh, Very Giuliani esque, and you get that telltale look on his face. He's like, oh, and she's like, did you just come? Oh, the and then look he, on his face. The look, I, I had to cover my eyes and with he, my hands. And he responds with another <laughs> fart. <laughs> <laughs> and and the exact equal temperature for oh him. my god oh. and also the look on his face, look on was, his face. And just to hear the audience the like you've never night, seen that look before the discount night audience the look on it his face discount. was a greek greek tragedy and yes it was discount night discount <sighs> night let me tell you that discount night audience was, was rolling cracking yeah. up i could hear it happening in, in different like pockets where it, people would just like their brains would be breaking I as ha- they were processing i don't seeing. know if i've heard laughs in the theater like that since cameron diaz put jizz in her hair in something about yeah. mary and it would carry over to other scenes where they were laughing at like a not a funny scene because they were still thinking yeah. about the fart scene or whatever scene just happened that there was, was genuine love for what was happening yes. on screen yes. in those runs of nick cage love in that theater. big lebowski yeah. laugh which tells yeah. me there might be hope for big screen comedy yet like like a return to gross out comedy even like these people were ready for it and i don't yeah. know if they were but it was also set up so it was, subtly it was and with so up. much nuance. Oh, it was that, so perfect. And there was only that moment of sort right. of semi. I, I don't even know if I would call it grossness. No, it's just it's just it's a it's just a moment of human it's naturalism. So but human. in that scenario, it has a different weight. I mean, that's the dragon of the year so far for me. Yeah. For me, but we still have other contenders on the horizon, some hot ones. But I mean, that scene alone is worth a bone. Oh, my my God. oh hell yeah! That, that, oh, it was. A there were multiple dunk. scenes, even the scene that that leads to that in the corporate offices of with Michael thoughts, Sarah, yeah. thoughts, oh, thoughts, question mark, question mark, question mark. The to me, it was a full bone scene. Yeah. the use of the word mark. sprite oh, alone the sprite. in this film oh. kept sprite. as as a joke. <laughs> Like He's to like, use a single word that's just a commercial product as a joke was, over and over and over so again good. and have it be successful. And he wants nothing to do with Sprite. And so then they're like, well, we might be able to get Obama to dream about you. <laughs> yeah. She's got a connection to Malia. One of his daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Through Malia. I mean, there's a lot. There's they pack a lot in an hour and 40 minutes. This mm-hmm. the scene where Tim Meadows, who's like the school oh, principal. God bless Tim Meadows. Checks him into the basement of his house <laughs> and the fluorescent. Oh. Lights won't shut off. And he's like, like, What's that smell? Oh, it's the <laughs> propane, uh, propane leaking. Propane. Do you know how bad that smells yeah. in real life? That is like the worst shit ever. Uh, Deadpan Meadows oh. is, the, the, he's he's worth uh, at <laughs> he's least amazing. half a bone a bone. Yeah. Brother Bishke, what were you thinking during all this? No, I thought it was, I thought it was a good, really good premise to kind of explore fame yes. in the contemporary sense of. You know, you sort of rise into the collective consciousness and sort of 
fall in the collective consciousness. Through over, no fault of your own. Through no fault you of didn't your do own. Anything. Kind of overnight, you know, like <laughs> the the entire world is turned on you. It made me think of Ken Bone, his character a little bit. That, yeah. That, oh, that everyone weird, loved him and then they dug into his past. That and weird he was a sweatered man that was at what one of the debates, I forget. Or it, was one of Hillary, the town hall. it was a Hillary Clinton debate. It was a town hall. Or something. And he's a rotund man who wore a red sweater. With and, a mustache. And something about that captured the zeitgeist. It was like Joe the Plumber, but mm-hmm. Ken Bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody, you know, they were wearing Ken Bone shirts and hats and shit. And then they realized, like, I don't know, he was a misogynist or something, or, yeah. so, or maybe just a, you know, basic... A uh, sex pest. Basic creeper. Basic creeper, and they were just like, oh, shit, and maybe they had a Disco Sucks-style Ken Bone merchandise-destroying night somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, he doesn't even know he's in these dreams. He's not doing anything to perpetuate it, and then suddenly the dreams become nightmares and he's killing people violently. Well, it's right after the moment when he recreates the the one pause. He, first of all, he was completely neutral in everyone's dream <laughs> except, except for, for the woman yeah. for the sex that woman. has the sex dreams whom he meets up with and then recreates and then that goes fartingly badly. <laughs> and from then on, he's a terrorist in people's dreams. Right. He's, he's yeah. a violent killer. Yeah, and they mention like he's also a rapist and a torturer, like oh, under man. their breath. Yeah. They're like he's doing awful things, and they're like they love you in France. You have a big following <laughs> yeah, in France for some oh, reason. Yeah, you know the pivot to like the alt right will t- will take you now. We got Jordan <laughs> Peterson in France. We got well, Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan standing by, oh. like. and that's a key moment too because it would be easy. A lesser filmmaker would make this just a parable about cancel culture like as we know it in its most basic sense where somebody who is maybe neutralish a celebrity suddenly says something racist and then the hollywood liberal elite cancels them but then suddenly you know tucker carlson is like we hear what you're saying and we like your thoughts come to us mm-hmm. and we will sustain your lifestyle you know yeah. and maybe make you even richer beyond your imagination it could easily have been that, but they're like, listen, you can do Rogan, you can do Tucker Carlson, and he's just like, I'm not interested in any of that. Like, yeah. ugh, like no. No, and, and it kind of reminds me of some of these intellectuals that have to fucking go on Joe Rogan and talk with this meathead. <laughs> fucking deal with it. And yeah. deal with that. And um, and to get their ideas out there, because that's the way you get your ideas out there. Right. With these, it's the platform. With these, um, you know, fucking... <laughs> Can I ask um his wife, Juliet Nicholson? Yes. What do I know her from? Because what do she, I know her from? She was exquisite and she was recognizable and she reminded Actually, me of a combination between of of like Annette Benning and that younger British actress that was in the Charlie Kaufman movie we watched that was the star of the Fargo, the the most recent Fargo thing. She's yeah. like in between those two things. Don't know her. She's kind of got a Shirley MacLaine quality. But she's but extremely yeah, I kept Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, I was like Francis Fisher, yeah, Shirley MacLaine. She was on Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and uh, Mayor of Easttown. That's, I think that's where I know her most from. Hmm. I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, me neither. But she seemed deeply familiar well, maybe she's been in your dreams. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I, I thought, wouldn't mind. I thought the acting was uniformly great. 
<laughs> yeah, it was Ellen Lewis casting. She's Scorsese's casting director, so a, she's a heavy hitter. I love the casting. The, the the dinner party people. The Dylan the Baker. Students. Yeah, good to see Dylan Baker. Dylan kids. Baker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would like to see more Dylan Baker because I thought. Yeah, I thought he was. Dylan gonna have Baker's more to do. one of those characters where you know him from one thing. That... <laughs> <laughs> Playing trains and automobiles. No, happiness. no happiness. I know. I'm just joking. Okay, okay. I jerk off to you too. <laughs> What do we think of deeper into the film when there's dream influencers talking about entering your dreams and pitching products to you? Very dystopian glimpse <laughs> into the fu- the near future, not too distant future. I mean, it's coming. If it's not already here, if they're not already implanting. I thought the tonal change when it's introduced was not as uh, I, I mean it, it's supposed to be abrupt right and mm-hmm. it's such a radical tonal change right. from yeah. Yeah. the very assured filmmaking that we've been with mm-hmm. for over an hour at that point mm-hmm. that it did take me a minute and I was like okay what are they trying to do yeah with, it lost with, me with, a little bit there too with, yeah that was like some whiplash some agreed, tonal, yeah. tonal whiplash but and it was it's funny kind of a, it's kind of a hat on a hat too where it's like that's a whole different movie almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Because they're not really getting advertisements in dreams is a great idea. But they're and they're and, and they're it not, sets up the ending. It does set up the ending, but I thought kind of like his rise and fall, because he kind of hits rock bottom in Tim Meadows' basement. <laughs> and then it's kind of I didn't know where they were gonna go from there. And right. I I wasn't quite sure if I t- was totally on board with where they went from there. I'm not really sure they had a clue where to go because the the long introduction to the dream influencers which is basically like filmed in the style of an mtv tiktok commercial for <laughs> right. about 10 minutes it only has a payoff of about two minutes close to the end right which is fine it, it does wrap it up but it also gives him a way into his estranged wife's dream. But they could have gotten to that in some other way, too. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like that yeah. th- th- there would have been there. There could have been a smoother way to do that. I feel like maybe that was the whole dream influencers thing may have been like the initial part of the initial idea for this. And it just, and they kept, just couldn't cut it. It just kept getting pushed back and back and back. And now it just exists as kind of a little bit more half baked than the rest of it idea. Yeah. But I wasn't mad at it. You no, know? no, no. And, and, and I liked the emotionality of, of the ending, even though it clearly doesn't pay off the, <laughs> the wonderful premise that we've been sitting with for right. the previous hour and a half. Yeah. Talking Heads is having a big, uh, big year. Big Surgeons, year with the baby. Nope, nobody can uh, critique David Byrne anymore. <laughs> no. His wife in this, her fantasy is to have him show up in his Halloween costume, big David Byrne, stop making sense suit. Shoulders and, and all. Shoulders Too and funny. all. <laughs> so if your kink is seeing Nicolas Cage in a David Byrne big suit, whoo. This is going to be a scorcher for you. I mean, his facial expression, wearing that costume and walking down the street and sort of questioning the costume, but also (laughs) completely willing to inhabit it for the sake of the love that he still feels for his wife and all of those tangled emotions. That was real fucking acting on his face. I mean, And, and I saw that in multiple times throughout this movie where there's 
three emotions that he's yes. actively carrying in just his face. Yes. His face is the production value. It's worth half to three quarters to 90% of the budget. Yeah. Just looking at that fucking face when he's dialed in, when he cares about what he's doing. He's so and, and he seems deeply dialed into this role, actually. He's so fucking dialed in. Yeah. Let's go with them dream bones. Andrew, it's my honor. Oh wow! To oh make my god! You first wow. to bone. First to bone. First hot take, and first to bone. Whoa! Wow! First hot bone. This is a this is a big night. Uh, you know, I got to go with my gut on this. I'm going uh, three and a half bones. Mm, three and a half bones. Um, this is in comparison to all the movies I've seen recently. And also just the fact that this is a solid script with all of the people involved really working to make an enjoyable film. There are things that I don't love about it. I, I, I don't really love the ending. I, and actually also the music doesn't exist in this movie. Mm, there's mm. there's very little, and there are times when I think it could have amplified things. Sure. And maybe they had added some things and ultimately said, you know what? We're going to just let the acting and the script play itself right. out. And so maybe there were things that, that it, it actually... It could have um, gone wrong. It could have been it, it too could, quirky. It, it could have gone wrong and too quirky. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, it's it, it's a plus and a minus. But ultimately, I, I have to give this a, a solid three and a half. Solid nice. three and a half. Love it. All right. Mm, Brother Lucas. I love the smell of dreams in the AMC. <laughs> it smells like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had a great time tonight in the Prime Theater. How PLF. is this in the Prime? There were some it's good great. sound mixes in those dreams, some rumbling in the subwoofer in my seat yes. for some scenes. And just, yeah, moments that made me laugh and cringe and look away. And just hearing the audience crack up in their own oh, unique way. The audience like, was losing Individual it. to their own experience. Like, yeah, there were people just in awe, I and think. They, there was like a crew down to the lower right of us that was just like, after the after the uh, salad dragon, yeah, they it was reverberating with them mm -hmm. for like five minutes afterwards. They were just like, as a group, collectively <laughs> coming to terms with it. They're like, oh, oh my God. Oh, Jesus. And so it was like these, all these tribes like handling their laughing fits together. It was beautiful. God, but God bless Nicolas Cage, who to me is like the Babe Ruth of acting. <laughs> you know, every time he gets up at bat, he just points his shot out yeah. and just swings as hard as he fucking can. Oh, it's great. And, you know, you can't hit a home run every time at bat. But but when you do, that ball can fly far and, and f fly far it did tonight for me. And at, at a certain point, I thought it could be four bones but it, it did lose me a little bit with the dream bracelet and the influencers and how they kind of tack that on <laughs> in this weird epilogue spinoff movie and then i echo brother andrew and that like that ending yeah didn't feel earned to me between him and his wife because it didn't feel 
like the whole film was really about their marriage. You know, she yeah. was definitely a character in the story, but figuring I was, out how to end this had to be tough. It was really tough. No, there's, so, there's no way. So yeah, it's, it's like, like a Lanthimos. Yeah, uh, like for the first hour, <laughs> yes. for the first half, let's say, I was just in awe because I was like, "Holy shit!" I've seen this trailer a couple times in the theater. And the trailer had some wacky, you know, song. Like, I can't even remember what song they used. Uh, Cranberry's Dreams. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, it was like. Glad was, I didn't see that. Yeah, and and they were like just cutting to like punchlines. And it just, yeah. it didn't look great. I was kind of like, oof, I don't know about this one. It's like, like they I, can't advertise this quite correctly because people would be too weirded out. Right. And then when we got into the theater and the A24 logo came up, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know A24 released this or made this. <laughs> I had no idea Ari Aster or his his producer Lars Knudsen did this as well with uh, the writer director Christopher Borgi. There you go. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I, I will also give this three and a half. Bones. Whoa! Nice. Mm-hmm. a seven bone back seat. Prestige yeah. season has been nourishing it the brought, young it, hothead. It brought back a lot of good memories of Charlie Kaufman's yes. work and yeah. Spike Jones and and like yeah. I mean, was being John just, Malkovich 96? Because that's 99. 99. Yeah. Okay, I, I was wondering because of the age of the woman that he farts with. Yes. And I just would like to add <laughs> that I I've never written a novel yet, mm. but I had an idea once uh long long ago that was uh like similar to like Stephen King's The Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. And mm. all I got I actually started writing it, but like all I got was like this this teacher at a high school is like dreaming about one of his students and he like goes to class the next day to teach. And he like sees some kids passing a note back and forth in class that like he intercepts and he opens up the note, you know, like in between periods just to see what the note's about. And the note is basically describing this incident with a student that he dreamt about. Like, so it actually happened. And I didn't really know where it went from there. So I stopped writing. (laughs) So basically they ripped you off. Yeah. (laughs) No, not at all. We will be suing. But it is the... The, the dream consciousness, the dream, the dream. Yes, conscious. the collective dream yeah. consciousness. The dead zone is a good thing to put in our listeners' minds as well. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a great companion piece to this. Brother Bishki, mysterious. They don't make too many good comedies these days. You get maybe <laughs> one or two a year. Where, right? Where Isn't that weird? Where, where Especially not when they're not trying to throw jokes right. all around. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so God bless this Norwegian filmmaker. (laughs) I guess he did another film called Sick of Myself, which I think is exploring similar themes with like social media and fame Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I need to watch. I was going to watch it last night. That that came out last year. Has anybody seen any of this guy's films? I've never heard This is his second one. But that that, that film Sick of Myself has an amazing one sheet of of a woman like flicking a pill into her mouth off a table. And it just looks amazing. Yeah. No. So I'm going to definitely watch that as well. And, um, but yeah, this was strong, Nick Cage, um, strong direction, editing, really love, you know, it's kind of like a comedic tar, which I think is, yeah. you know, like, oh a, man, yeah, kind of like, you know, just, just, <laughs> where you, where, I hadn't even thought about where it. You, funny. Yeah. Where you can just kind of like satirize all the bullshit that, yeah. that people go, but through. in like 90 minutes instead of three and a half hours, exactly. which I appreciate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which factors into the bone count. Tar wasn't three and a half, but go on. It was long, but, um, I didn't know what it was doing for the first It, it was two three hours. hours though. We well, can agree we, it was three hours. We should have covered, we can agree that it was three hours. We should have covered, we should have covered tar, but yeah, I, I don't think it quite landed the um 
the plane flight in um, as well as I would have. I don't, I can't do a rewrite of it because I just don't know how you do it. <laughs> right. Really, it's tough. It's, I mean, it's, when you're watching it, you're wondering how is this going to end? What are you? How are you going to do yeah. it? Because it they, takes so much to make the premise. When they went to mm -hmm. Paris, I was like, what? Where are we? What like, are we? Yeah. Like, yeah. what act is this? Yeah, yeah. That's but, an Ari Aster special, by the way. But, what act is? He's this? like, you need yeah. six more acts, and I'll do it. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you get it made. I'll take you to eight twenty four myself. But we need six more acts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But really strong. I'm really looking forward to what this director does going forward. I, I'm gonna give it three bones right now with with a with a chance for going up in in, in my mind nice. as I dream about it. So yeah. Oh, is there a name for that? A chance of a bump? A potential dream bump. <laughs> potential yeah. bone, bump. bone realignment. All right, so we got three and a half, three and a half, three. When Nicolas Cage walks out onto the screen, it's like the greatest special guest star on a sitcom just entering and the crowd goes wild at this yeah. point. There is such collective goodwill. There's joy. Yeah. There's joy at yeah. seeing him on screen. And, yeah. and that just... It can carry a whole fucking movie if he's trying, if he's dialed in. Yeah. It carried Pig, for Christ's sake, it, it, which had nothing going <laughs> on for it. If he cares, we care. Which makes me think, like, that man has led and continues to lead a, an insane life. And you got to imagine there are so many cancelable offenses that he's had in his past. I am a little worried about how prescient this film might end up being. Oh, no. No, no, no. But I'm going to put that out of my mind. I love it. The cage nightmare. I know his son got beat up on Fairfax by his weight training oh, like no. instructor, but I that's mean, about it. There's so much weird shit. Progeny you can't control. There's just video of him and Vince Neil duking it out in Vegas, drunk <laughs> off their asses. Like... <laughs> So, Wait, is that real? That's real, my friend. And his like <laughs> marriage that lasted for like six hours or something. <laughs> like, None of those things are cancelable, though. I don't like. I don't want to think. I'm of just saying where there's smoke, there might be nightmare fire. But I'm not thinking about that tonight because tonight he's still special guest star, close to our hearts. Yes. The crowd was going wild. It was a very, very, very beautiful discount night crowd tonight. And we that, all applauded for the Nicole Kidman ad. Yes. Very, very respectful applause. Golf clap. I yeah. still want to know what she thinks about Jurassic World. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I really don't have much bad to say about this movie at all. I was laughing consistently. I was cringing. I was hiding. Yeah. It was all the best stuff from my experience or three experiences in the theater with being John Malkovich. It was that nice nostalgic tang of head fuck comedy yeah that really drove my three and a half bones for this time. Woo! Yeah. yeah hashtag head fuck comedy mm -hmm. <laughs> hashtag head fuck comedy <laughs> the thing about the head fuck comedy is there's no jokes in this no it's no. just the acting the delivery and the delivery and the situation that lets it, and the uh. editing all of it gets it done without any punchlines. No. No, there's nothing stupid it's mm. tim meadows looking at nick cage in a certain way yep and that's yeah. all you need yeah. yeah wow the power of that confidence is really something to behold so yeah. mm. looking forward to cage trying some more looking forward to this director christopher doing more shit exploring more of this stuff brother andrew it was great 
to experience this with you. I hope oh you've yeah. hope I haven't you've seen nourished. you since Moonfall, man. <laughs> so, uh, oh man, I, I was, it was it was a rough time. Moonfall was a rough time. That was I need I need a bone realignment for Moonfall. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Lucas really wants to talk about Moonfall, but he brought it up. So if you want more classic. <laughs> Classic hothead action. Uh, you dial your podcast app to Moonfall. And please don't cancel me because I want to keep doing this for you guys, for you all. Don't cancel him. Just quietly take it all in. I mean, I was a hothead for that other Charlie Kaufman one with the, the actress oh, that I'm bringing I'm, up. I'm thinking I think I gave things. that thing a half bone Yeah, because yeah. I, I was so pissed name. off. Yeah, that wasn't a great oh, one. And that's connected to Charlie Kaufman. Weird. Yeah, Charlie okay. Kaufman directed that thing. And that movie yeah. was kind of like a nightmare. That... What are you guys talking about? I'm thinking of ending. I'm thinking of ending. Oh, I'm thinking of ending. Oh shit! Yeah, deep in the lock. See again. That that was a pandemic. Something that's that deep in the lockdown. I've just blacked out. Far from Malkovich. Yeah, I remember (laughs) nothing. Nothing about that episode. I really need to take a walk through my blackout phase. (laughs) Oh yeah, the the lockdown. There's there's darkness in there. God damn. Well, anyway, we'll see you in your dreams. There's there's, there's not darkness in this movie. There's a lot of love and light. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is a real consensus uh, hot take, by I love the way. It. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Love it. Love and light, y'all. Love and light. Love and light. In dreams. <laughs>
cages, ooh. 